welcome back to Free Basketball Team Preview Edition. Except the st- the season is almost three weeks in, so I don't know if we should rename these at all. But if you have been listening to the previous episodes that we've done, first of all, thank you. Second of all, you know that we have ranked these teams like we do have done the past two years, and we are now getting to our top eleven teams as we see it for this upcoming season. So this tier that we're talking about today is going to be the dark horses. These are the teams that are we think are going to be pretty good. We're going to try to not let the recency bias of the start of the season, which we know has been very, very odd to start with teams getting blown out that shouldn't be getting blown out. And, you know, teams that we know that are going to be bad or we have already ranked are undefeated. So we're trying to ignore all those biases from just the first handful of games to start the NBA season. These are our dark horses that we are they're definitely in the playoffs. And if a couple things could go right, could make a deep run in the playoffs. So we are ranking the number 11 through the number seven teams today. First off, let me bring in the crew once again. Danny Dimes, Danny Free Basketball Grizz Edition. How you doing, Mr. Greer? I'm good, but I can't be Danny Dimes. That is the guy that throws the pigskin for the Giants. (laughs) I will be any other Danny but that guy. I apologize for the... the, Blasphemy. Dookie? Blasphemy. (laughs) Blasphemy to compare you to an NFL professional athlete who makes millions of dollars. I apologize. Unathletic. Uh, (laughs) The other person, Cody Holsey. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic, man. How are you? Fine. Freshly fed. Ready to go. Wide awake. Mm -hmm. Just like (laughs) Katy Perry. (laughs) Freshly fed. I like that. (laughs) <laughs> so here we go dark horses number 11 i know at the recency bias people are probably going to question this team but we are ignoring that last year they went 15 and 50 the golden state warriors already i think a lot of us had them here because of clay thompson and then he had the horrific injury mm-hmm. but then they still made a lot of moves to bring in pieces uh, so Initial thoughts on the Warriors, Daniel. Is this still a decent spot for them that we ranked them, or were we way off just because of Clay's injury alone? So, what would this put them at in the playoffs? Um, seven, maybe. I would say um, that's kind of what I'm looking at. A se- possibly six, seven seed. I don't know if that is. Man, I, I just looking at the Houston Rockets, they have been struggling. Um, the Warriors obviously are struggling. They do have, I guess, Curry to help them out. They do have some young guys around them. I think they will get better as the season goes, but I don't see – I think their ceiling is a seven seed because the way you know the Suns look at times and these other teams that we're going to talk about, I don't see how you put them above seven. So I think seven's their ceiling. I could definitely see them at the eight or nine spot as well. But when you have a, a shooter at, with Curry and a, a coach that I think is pretty good with Kerr, I don't think you can doubt them. I think they will be a playoff team still. Mm. So according to our rankings, I think this is why we might be off a few, a few spots, just because of the clay injury. 
is that we have them ranked above the Suns and the Jazz in the playoffs. So we assume they're at least a five or six seed. So we can say that we're probably a little off on that, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cody, do you agree with the Warriors still being a playoff team with the news of Clay, Or do you think they added enough and Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins hopefully making a leap, added Brad Wanamaker, brought in Kent Bazemore, obviously drafted James Wiseman number two, who has had a pretty strong start to the season. I mean, is this still a playoff team to you? It's it's hard. I don't know. The sample size is pretty small, but like their uh, their opponents' points per game is 29th in the league at 124.3. I mean, they're they're two and two, and it's not that far into the season. But I don't know. Yeah, well, the first two games they got absolutely blown out, and then they beaten two pretty bad teams. One was on a buzzer beater against the Bulls, and. I know everybody is. This is why I tried to ignore the biases that everyone has at the first couple games because Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins have started not regular cold from the floor. They're like frigid, Um, like they're dead, like they're a corpse shooting a basketball. Um, But ignoring that, to me, I think it could be an interesting team, especially Oubre and Wiggins aren't going to shoot, you know, 4% for the entire season. Like, they're going to come on, right? They're saying they're going to get Draymond back. I have questions about Draymond. He's put so many miles in that body. He is a smaller player who has been super physical for, what, five to six years now? Yeah. He's in his 30s, I believe. I just don't think there's a lot of value in Draymond left. And if there is, he can't play in a 72-game season like it is this year. And so I'm worried about everyone saying, oh, wait till Draymond comes back. Wait till Draymond come back, comes back. I don't think Draymond is still the same player where that actually fixes anything for the Warriors. Would you agree with that, Daniel? Yeah, uh, but it definitely can't hurt. So you got to understand that they're going to exchange uh, a player that is not as good as Draymond when you put in Draymond. So I, I would think that has to help them. And I think that actually helps uh, the development of James Wiseman a little bit. And so I don't know how this all helps, but having someone that you feel comfortable with, with Steph Curry and Draymond, I think this could be where they change the way they, I guess they play and they start running Steph off of uh, screens with uh, a player such as James Wiseman, who they haven't really done that yet. They've tried to in spurts, but not much. Uh, but mainly uh, running a pick and roll with uh, players like Draymond Green. Uh, I think that would be beneficial for them. So I think Draymond will help this team. Now, what he looks like, who knows? But realistically, Draymond isn't a great player. Draymond is a player that shows a lot of heart and a lot of hustle. And usually, if you out-hustle somebody in the NBA, which you can because a lot of these players are just athletes, if you out-hustle them, you can put up stats and help your team win. So I think his hustle, if he's healthy, will will help this team for sure. Mm. Now, Cody, I'll switch it to, we have barely talked about Steph Curry. Does Steph Curry have to have an MVP type year for them to even break into the playoffs? Or is this another scenario now that Clay's out that they kind of take it easy on him? He's getting older. Try not to put another a lot of miles on him so they can preserve for another year. I mean, 
I don't know. I think that, like, honestly, I think he's going to have to play pretty well for them to be in the playoffs. Uh, so I don't know if they if they're going to decide to just like you know coast and see what happens, or if they're going to want to have him uh, playing, you know, as much as they can have him play to be able to like, put themselves in that position. But um, right now he and Andrew Wiggins have the highest minutes played on the team sitting at 131 minutes. So, Mm. and that pairing just hasn't worked yet, but I believe in him. I believe in Steph Curry. Obviously I was the idiot, you know, who bet on them last year and they were the worst (laughs) team in the league. So I I guess it's just bias from all the years of success they had, but it does kind of feel like, you know, this is just basketball karma, right? Basketball gods are brutal in this. You get your years as a good team where you dominate everybody. Everybody gets older, things fall apart, then you get dominated by everyone else. Like every every other team in the league who got dominated, you know, every regular season game for the past five, you know, four to five years by the Warriors, now it's their retribution time. And so it kind of feels like this is kind of the trend leading to the end of Steph's career. I'm sure they'll make another run, uh, but it does kind of feel like a retribution time for the rest of the league to be like, okay, you had your fun. (laughs) Now it's our turn to just absolutely stomp you into the dirt. So the Vegas over under, they have it at 36 and a half wins. I have kept the numbers that were from before the start of the season because I wanted to keep kind of the uh, integrity of our list and I didn't want to adjust it based on a start or anything. So 36 and a half wins, smash or pass, Cody? Well, 36 wins means I'd be a 500 team. Is it 36 and a half or 36? 36 and a half. I'm going to go pass. Pass. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're saying they're sub 500 team. Or they're just 500. Okay. Does 500 get them into the West playoffs? No. Ooh, so also a pass, and they do not make the playoffs. Correct. Daniel, do you agree? Pass, or would you smash this? I would pass it, but I think that Ooh. number is closer to the 36 line where they can get into the playoffs, such as the uh, 7, 8, or 9. I think seven's a little high for that, for that number, but I think 8 or 9 could be right at 500 again. That is kind of the, the thing we're leaving out here is the play-in game factor, right? Mm-hmm. Like yep. they could be a 500 team, make the play-in, and still make the playoffs. So um, I'm actually going to smash this. I'm just a believer. I just think 37 wins. I mean, what is that, 37 and 35 for this season in a weird year? Right. Um, they're 2-2 two and two with the main starters playing so poorly. I think they will have a mini run. I'm not saying they're a 50-win team or anything, but I think they could at least get close to the 40-win mark, at least, especially if we think we're a playoff team. And if they're solidly going to be in the playoffs, they're going to have to win 40 games. So I don't foresee them making 40 and 32, but I think it's in the 38 range. So I'm going to smash this, Hmm. Uh, which leads us to the 10th team in our list. Everyone's hottest team that uh, Nerd Corner uh, <laughs> loved last year, the Dallas Mavericks, who went 43 and 32 last year. Cody, 
I'll lead with you first. Why are the Cav- uh, the Cavs? Why are the Mavs getting so much respect? Is it just because of Luca? Yes. Porzingis is out. I think mm-hmm. reports said he's not coming back to the end of January. So is it just he? Luca is everybody's preseason favorite for MVP, which we can talk a little bit about because I didn't really understand. But is him being the MVP favorite alone the reason why people project them to be a four or five seed in the playoffs in the West? Yeah, I mean, like, it's a lot of it because, I mean, think like, you got to go with, like, a little bit of recency bias, too. Like, we just had the playoffs where Luca was doing, like, heroic things, playing on, like, a broken ankle and knocking down game winners at the end of the end of the game and stuff like that. So, like, he got a little bit of, like, the playoff heroics bump. Okay. And, so you uh... Think- so just like his game winner in the bubble against the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, I think like, like stuff like that. Like how many times have you seen that highlight since it happened? So they pushed the Clippers mm-hmm. in that playoff series, and everybody's kind of like, oh, here we go again. Like this is a real team because everybody thought the Clippers were going to make the Western Conference Finals. But does that kind of logic seem folly, seeing what we saw from the Clippers, you know, losing a 3-1 lead to the, Ma- the Nuggets? Are we slightly overrating the Mavericks at all? No. Not I mean, I don't think so. I think the Mavericks will still be pretty good. Like, I mean, they like they're really good on offense last year. Like Luca is really good. Daniel, so you say no. So you think the Mavericks are for real? The Mavericks are for real. They've played three games. They've won one. They beat uh, a Clippers team without Kawhi Leonard. They lost to a Lakers team. Um, I think everybody played in that game, um, I do believe. Yeah, so everybody played in that game. They played at L.A., who I think took an L the first night. So they, so the Lakers really needed that win uh, to kind of kind of put people in their place to say, hey, we're, we're still a good team. We lost on opening night, but we're okay. Um, and they played a Suns team who's led by Chris Paul, um, who is always tough as a defender on, you know, somebody who, you know, might be their guard, who might be their point guard. Uh, but also, I think that that's also the unknown game. Usually when you're playing a team with new players uh, coming in, you haven't really scouted how they move well. They don't even know how they move well. But they were in it. They lost by four. Uh, so the Suns, Lakers, Mavericks. I'm sorry, Suns, Lakers, Clippers, all, all playoff teams, right? That's how they start their season. They're about to go on a stretch where they play against the Hornets, and then they go to the Heat, who haven't looked great without Jimmy Butler. Bulls, Rockets, Nuggets, Magic, Pelicans, Hornets, Bucks, Bulls, Ma- uh, Raptors, Pacers. Like the schedule gets easier after those first three games. I think you see the Mavericks step back up and actually be a top four seed standings or record wise um, after the next, I'd say, 10 games. You'll see them bounce back up just because. They're playing teams that are, are not as good. And then you get KP back along the way at some point, and they kind of solidify themselves as a top four team. Um, I do believe that's what they're going to be as long as they're healthy. You make a great point because I watched the opening night game that they had against the Suns, which they barely lost. Um, was that their opening game or was that their second game? It was Suns, first, yes. That was their first game. It was, it was their first game. Okay. And Luca was bad. The team was bad. <laughs> 
and they still almost beat the Suns, which is like everybody's darling. I think they're like a top 10 power ranked team by ESPN or whoever it is, which is shocking to me. Um, and they barely lost to them. So last year, you know, they were the number one efficient offense in the NBA. Their problem was closing out games. I think they were one of the worst, if not the worst, in crunch time minutes. So without Porzingis for an extended period of time, we know teams are playing a lot of games early. I mean, some teams are playing 37 games in like 70 days, and then they find out their second half of the schedule. Uh, So is this kind of like a, if we can be 500 till Porzingis is back, awesome, and we'll make a second half run, or do you think with those easy teams coming up, Daniel, that they're going to spread it, spread this, um, I guess, record, a positive record, I should say. And then when Porzingis back, they just absolutely soar and take off. Like, do you think this could possibly be a top three seed in the West? Wow. Three would be tough. Um, not saying it's not, not, not possible. I think um, ideally they're probably the four or five um, just because – Porzing is not coming back so quickly, but, but also they haven't played a home game yet. Not that home, uh, I guess court matters, but they've been on the road. The first three games, they get a chance to come back home, sleep in their own bed and kind of get back to normalcy. So yes, I see that they 500 would be kind of uh for them. They'll still be a playoff team at 500 basketball early in the season, but I think that this team will actually be more closer to a, a three, three games, maybe four games above 500. Um, and so like a, you know, I don't know when he's coming back, but let's say 14 and 10 is not crazy. Um, I don't okay. know how many. So I, I, that's, that's my ideal as when he comes back. Gotcha. Now, Cody, I'm going to ask you first about the roster here. Added Josh Richardson, which I think was a sneaky good pickup. He just had a down year with a kind of a down team, really, Mm -hmm. in the 76ers last year. Still have Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith. Jalen Brunson is kind of like my sneaky most improved player. I really like Jalen Brunson. I think he's going to be really good for them off the bench. Mm -hmm. Maxi Cleaver, Dwight Powell still. They added James Johnson, drafted Josh Green, got in Wesley Awandu. Their whole point, it felt like on the offseason, was they wanted to surround Luka with more perimeter defense and toughness. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they succeeded in that? Or do you think they sacrificed too much of the needed shooting and spacing that had them as the most efficient offense last year? We know Seth Curry was in that trade to the 76ers. Mm-hmm. Did they give up to, did they sacrifice too much of the shooting and spacing to have this hard nosed quote unquote perimeter defense? Or do you think that it's just, it's going to be a machine that keeps rolling no matter who's in the system? Well, I mean, if you look at their, like, okay. Well, all I was trying to do was figure out what their like team points rating was like how many po- like points per game. Versus the rest of the league. So they're 13th in points per game in the league. What's the number? It is 113 point something. So they're in the middle of the pack. Like they're an average. Yeah, 113.7 as far as like offense goes. 
So they're kind of in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. You think they'll get better? I think that'll only get better as like they get more familiar with playing each other and kind of like get used to playing with Luca and stuff like that. A lot of times when players, you know, are playing with with guys that are that much like ahead of them on the court, it takes a little while to get used to it. And then also, if you look at their defense, though, like the defense that they added has helped their sixth in the league in uh, defense as far as the points allowed. So, Daniel, let me ask you the same thing about the roster now. With the stats, do you buy too much into the early season stats, or do you kind of wait after a set number of games to really use it as a barometer for a team? Yeah, so this is too too small of a sample size for sure. Um, you can watch it and see how the trends flow, uh, but I was looking through these, um, and I'm on the ESPN app if anybody you know ever wants to, if you're listening to this. Um, it's just easy. Just click on the points per game, points per, points per game. They're a plus eight. Uh, that just means that they've, you know, really just they're playing better uh, offensively and they're holding their teams to a lower defensive score. So if that number holds up, they will for sure be a top four team. Now, more than likely, that number is going to come down a little bit because 114 points and only allowing 106 is it, I think that that number kind of shrinks closer to each other to where they're more of a plus four. Uh, but I, I think that this is too small of a sample size just because you have teams that are, uh, let's see, for the Atlanta Hawks that are they're 3-0 and as well, they're a plus 12.7. Like, that's not going to hold. So I, I, it's just too, too small of a sample size, but definitely something to watch as the trends go because if you see some of these teams that have the, the – like the Clippers have a negative two on the differential – so it's too small, but I do think it's exciting to watch how the, how it moves the number, depending on uh, later in the year, how that number continues to get closer and closer. So let's talk about the Vegas line then. Vegas, of course, is not dumb. So they squarely put them at 42 and a half, which last year they went 43 and 32. So in 75 games, including the bubble, they got this over three games less, no bubble situation. Porzingis questions. If you think Luca's an MVP, Cody, would you smash or pass this line? 42 and a half. Smash. Smash. Okay. Would you say slightly or do you think they're for real? Probably 44, 45 win team. Okay. So if you think 44, 45 win team, is that a four seed, five seed? I don't know. That it's probably like that five to six range, I would think. Okay. Daniel? Do you agree? Smash or pass? I would smash it um, because if you do, uh, what is it, 44 and 29, I think that gets you to that. um, No, actually, 44 and 30. Um, No, I'm so, I'm such an idiot. 44 and 29 or 28. 28. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Math is hard. uh, I was going to let you work through it. (laughs) Yep. uh, My calculator wasn't moving as fast as I wanted it to. Um, (laughs) But um, I think 44 wins is a realistic. Uh, I don't see that being crazy. I, I do think because if you look at the standings already, I think that there's going to be a lot of teams that don't tank. Um, that's probably terrible English, but I don't think there's a lot of tanking going on. For one, we've seen the the lottery, uh, the balls just fall weird, you know, in weird ways. We also have 10 teams that potentially – or could be in the playoffs. So you have 20 uh, teams that are vying for, you know, that think they or 20, 20 spots. And there's probably 24 to 25 teams that think they can uh, get into those uh, areas. So 
I think that you see a lot of teams, such as like the Sacramento Kings, play above their head at times, uh, win games they say shouldn't, lose games they shouldn't. And I think you see that number continue to be right at the 500 mark where uh, you're going to see like four or five teams right around the 500 mark going into the playoffs. And so I easily could see that number at 44 being a good four to six range. And so I could easily see them at 44 to 45 wins just because Luca is so tough because he plays so well and so consistent each, each night. So I think I'm going to join y'all on the smash, but my only worry is in the back of my mind, if Luca's out, he's already, you know, game one, I believe he tweaked his ankle and he's a fighter. He fights through, but is that going to become an issue throughout the season? Right. Is he going to take kind of like a mid season break if the ankle gets worse and they can't get it to rehab and heal while they're playing this truncated schedule. So I, there is something in the back of my mind where it's if Luca's out for any extended period of time, even if it's a week or two, I think this is a pass and goes under. Uh, but if he's able to fight through and stick with it and rehab it on the, on the fly and, you know, and they have those back to backs where they're at home and they doesn't have to go anywhere or no travel, then I could see this being smashed. So I'm going to say smash, but I don't feel great about it. But moving to the ninth team in our list, the Portland Trailblazers, who last year went 35 and 39, who I think everyone agrees was the snake bitten team. Besides the Warriors, the Blazers seem to be even more snake bitten than them. Um, they're big additions, traded for Robert Covington, brought back Ennis Cantor. I don't know if that's considered a big addition, but whatever. Uh, Rodney Hood is back from his injury. Zach Collins is supposed to be coming back soon from his injury. Cody, everyone thinks this is going to be a bounce back year for the Blazers. Everyone thought they were the best, uh, like they made the best offseason moves. There's a lot of excitement for them. Do you think, I've even heard people saying the Blazers could be a top two or three seed in the West. Would you agree with that? Do you think that they're that or are you as excited for the Blazers as everyone else seems to be? Um, yeah, uh, I like the Blazers this year. I uh, I definitely think that they're going to have a better year than they did last year for sure. Um, yeah, I like Dame Lillard. I like CJ. I like the stuff they did. Like they got the a team. healthy Nurkic back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nurkic I mean, is important. I- Important. I can never, I can never remember what seed they were two years ago when everybody was healthy and going. I mean, They're I can't like remember if it was seed, a, weren't they? I was about to say it was either three or six. I can't remember, but I felt like it was a three seed. So, doesn't seem far fetched that they could be a three seed again, right? Mm-hmm. No, not at all. They, they, they played, um, they played the Thunder. Did and they? Pl- yeah, that was the year. Two that years was the- ago. Yeah, that was. The, oh, is that the walk off? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. That's so right. Maybe that's that was right. a maybe that was a four or five matchup. That was the uh, the goodbye to Paul George and OKC. So mm-hmm. R.I.P. to that era of successful basketball. Um, Daniel, with the Blazers, we've seen a couple games of them. I wouldn't say they have been overwhelmingly awesome. Uh, but we know with kind of Dame and like CJ had that one torch game against the Rockets, uh, dropped like 44 points or something like that. We know Dame kind of got to get going a little bit to start a season. He can be, uh, 
Um, he has a tendency to go into those lulls and dead periods. Is Dame getting, I know he's getting older, obviously. Is that something the Blazers should be slightly worried about with this team this year and going forward? Because he is an undersized guard, or do you think Dame is just Dame and he transcends everything else and continues to do his thing? Yeah, he, he's only 30, and he just turned 30. I, I don't think that's an issue right now. I think in two years that's a, a different kind of conversation. But uh, realistically, I think Lillard is their best player, and he always has been, and the supporting cast around him hasn't been great. But I think with the addition of Enos Cantor, which, weirdly enough, he's been very good for them. He's played better than Hassan Whiteside was last year. So I feel like getting Nurkic back and actually having him as a starter, a player that's very similar in style but not as good, um, it kind of keeps consistency going. Uh, you don't want to throw into the post to Canner, but he can give you the rebounds and the putbacks and also assist. Um, and so I think that's been helpful to allow um, when, when I guess Nurkic has to go out Nothing really changes because you have pretty much the same players and CJ and Dame. Um, they have different style games, but uh, they're both smaller guards. And so I think this actually, uh, Canner has been very good for them in keeping consistency, whether it's the first team or second team, and whether you kind of separate uh, CJ and Dame a little bit, which I think they're going to start doing more and more, is letting them kind of run the show and then bringing them back towards uh, together in the fourth quarter. So I think this team will be one of the more consistent teams for the simple fact that they have some very good players, but also they're pretty deep. Um, and then when they get Zach Collins back, they'll also be a little bit deeper. But uh, I'm excited for the Gary Trent show. Um, he's come out and looked very good. Uh, Rodney Hood has not, which has been okay, because I think they're easing him into some minutes. But uh, Gary Trent Jr. has played well. Um, I, I don't know why they haven't played Harry Giles more. I don't know if that's just because they're going smaller, but they're staying with pretty much eight guys. And Harry Giles looked really good in the preseason. So I'm not sure why he's not getting any run at all. Uh, mm. So that's my only question on them. Yeah, that was kind of going to be my next question is everyone is like Anthony Simons has been the Blazers have been like, oh, wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. And what is this year four for him or, right. or three? Um and so I know he's extremely young still. I think he's only like 21, uh, maybe 22. 21. But, uh, are we kind of getting to the point with Anthony Simons that how many more years are we going to give this guy? Or is he finally going to be something more consistent for the Blazers? Or do you think he's just a kind of their bench, you know, poor man CJ, not even Dame? Um, and that's just kind of what he is. Or do does he need even more time? I, I think he needs more time. He, he's only been in the league. He was drafted in the 2018 uh, round one, pick 24. He's 21 years old. I think that they're going to continue to give him his uh, five to 15 minutes each night. I don't think that he can really lose them the game in five or 15 minutes. Um, but I think that he can – help himself by getting better uh with playing spot minutes and i just 
I don't know if, if down the road toward playoff time that continues to happen, but during re- regular season games to spell CJ or Dame, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. So I just don't know if he's ever going to show up. I just think he's too small of a guard. Um, and I don't even know how tall he is, honestly, but he just seems like a small guard who really just hasn't shown a shot. Um, he hasn't taken people off the dribble that well. So I don't know what they're expecting from him, honestly, in the future. Cody, one more thing about the Blazers before we talk about their Vegas over-under. Mm-hmm. If the Blazers have a downfall is there, or their weakness, is their weakness the bench or is it their defense? It's defense. I think it's perimeter defense. I think perimeter defense is going to be the problem. They added Robert Cummington, uh, added uh, Derek Jones Jr. from the Heat. Mm-hmm. They're just not doing it for you. Well, I mean, if you're going to have those guys on the court, you're probably not going to have – I mean, I just like – Damon CJ aren't ter- aren't bad defenders, but like they're just – you got to have them on the court and just I think their size is – not what you're looking it, for as far as like defensively against some of the bigger teams we have in the league. Okay. So leading that into this next thing for this is question for both of you guys is Portland's best route. Obviously, if we think they're going to be kind of a liability on defense, kind of like they are every year, obviously they're just going to have to flat out outscore people mm-hmm. is their best option to play small and small would be a lineup like, Nurkic, Dame, CJ, Robert Cummington, uh, Rodney Hood, would or Gary Trent Jr. Would that be their best option if you think they're going to have the most success? Either of you can take this question. It's kind of toss up. I, mean, I think you're, I think it's one of those things where it's kind of it kind of has to be situational to what team you're playing. Because there are some teams where you just like if you try to play that small against, like I don't know. They just beat the Lakers, so I'm kind of not – it kind of is whatever. Yeah, but we said early season. You can't really yeah. lie. We're talking I just about don't playoff think, stuff. Yeah, He's I just don't in think June. in a seven-game series, like going small like that gets you anywhere against a team like the Lakers. They're just going to beat you up with size. So, Daniel, haven't chimed in on this yet, but if that is their best chance at winning sustainable – like sustaining winnable games – is this a solid spot at having them a dark horse and not as a title contender because they will get bounced in the playoffs? Yeah, but they can also um, – they could easily upset somebody in the playoffs. Um, and I don't know if, if the matchup against the Lakers isn't the best, so I know we compare them to that. But let's say the Lakers get bounced by, you know, somebody else. So let's say they get bounced by the Clippers or whoever that, you know, that might be in the playoffs – earlier on than, you know, let's say when they were able to meet up. Um, The Blazers are good. They're going to be a good regular season team because offense usually can carry your record uh, throughout each night. There will be times when they get beat and outscored. uh, But for the most part, they're going to be able to outscore their, you know, their opponents um, more than they aren't, if that makes sense. And so there's going to be no defense. The defense isn't going to be there. But if they can hold their other – if they can defend just a little bit better than the other team that they're going against, I think that this team is a good regular season team. Playoffs is a little different. Um, I think they're a different matchup because they do have two small guards. And so I know sometimes you really have to, to win a series with the Blazers. 
by hoping either CJ or Dane get hot. I think that's the way they win. Uh, there's they can't just be twenty points each of them. There's I don't think they win games like that. I think that somebody has to put up a thirty or forty point night. The other one has fifteen or twenty, and that's how they win a playoff game. And in the end, you kind of wear down your your opponent by just flat out just outscoring them just by just getting hot. And when you have a player such as Dame Lillard and a very consistent C.J. McCollum, I think you can easily be a dark horse. And so I don't think that's wrong at all for us to put them as a dark horse, but not as an actual contender because they need a lot to break their way to be a really good team. Mm. I think you make a great point. Let's move to their Vegas. 41 and a half. Smash or pass, Daniel? Man, um, I would pass that. I don't Ooh. know if they get to the 42. Um, so I would say I'd have to because, it, what, 42 and 30? Uh, my math was faster this time. I went a different route. <laughs> um, you just wrote down all the different combinations of records <laughs> you need to get to 72. <laughs> <laughs> One in 71. Yeah. Uh, 60, <laughs> two and 70. You messed that up. Yeah. <laughs> you messed that up. He just er- he erases it. Starts back over. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I don't see. I, 42, I think, would be tough for them just because I think they'll be um, – I don't think they're good defensively enough to I'd be, I'd be 12 games above 500 in a 10-game shortened season. Cody, would you agree with that? Yeah, no, I, I I agree with him. I think that's going to be pretty tough. <sighs> this is where I'm going to be opposite because I'm going to smash this. If we think they're going to be a top three seed, then it's going to have to be in the mid to late 40s. And I think the Blazers are that team. Uh, so I'm actually going to smash this. Oh, hold so, on, hold on. You, you said sure. we think that they're going to be a top three team. You said the we word, which is really weird. And Sorry. I appreciate it. I guess me and the you. other – uh, professionals in the uh, basketball community. You get paid for this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. So you are the professional or no? I'm currently so- sitting in my car in a Walmart parking lot, okay? So just take it as it is. Uh, <laughs> I but- ask you guys every now and then for money to pay to, pay to host the podcast. <laughs> we take donations. Uh, DM us at Free Basketball 3 on Twitter if you'd like to donate. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight in our list, the Denver Nuggets are getting towards the end here. Might need to speed up so Daniel can make his other meeting. Um, last year, the Denver Nuggets went 46-27. and 27. I'm just going to leave this really open uh, because I do not know what to make of the Denver Nuggets right now. Uh, but Daniel, I'll start with you. What is... people all over the map with them everyone thinks they're going to be a top two seed i've heard some people said they could be the one seed in the west if the lakers take it easy if the lakers take it easy and coast this year which is very possible lebron's done that in the past (laughs) would you actually buy into that that the nuggets could potentially be a one seed in the west no um i I don't not even a chance well there's a chance but i don't think they uh, I, they haven't looked well yet, honestly, but they, I just don't think that you can have a team that I don't know if they have an identity yet. And I know that's weird because they've been good the last few years and they pretty much have the same team, but Jamal Murray 
went off in the bubble and everybody just was like, oh my God, he's back. He hasn't looked good. I don't know if it's injury or what. He sat last game, I do believe. Um, Jokic continues to do Jokic things where he's uh, very good with assists uh, and rebounds. He's very consistent. But it just feels like there's nobody else on the team that's kind of like stepping up, if that makes sense. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has played well. Uh, Murray's played well. Uh, but I just don't know what – I don't know. Maybe they just ran up against teams that have played well so far in the Sacramento Kings and the Clippers. Um, so I don't know. And I know they played the Kings twice and the Kings beat them twice, but I'm just curious if that is the Kings are really good and we need to kind of just hold the nuggets up there. Or are they just that team that you can just outplay them? They're not great, but they're going to be consistent. And I think that's why they've been a good regular season team is consistency. Uh, cause you know what you're going to get out of Jokic each and every night, just not Murray. That's a good point because like to me, Jokic and Murray are kind of like a walking 45 win team by themselves. Like, especially Jokic, like Jokic is just a rock, you know, of consistency. Um, He just doesn't waver. He might have a bad shooting night, but you know, his rebounds and you definitely know his assists will be there. I mean, we won't have this conversation now, but I think he's one of the top three passers in the NBA. I just think he is Um, as a center. The problem to me is they lost Jeremy Grant, which is whatever. We weren't especially in love with Jeremy Grant, but they're starting Michael Porter Jr. now to start the season. Will Barton has been very vocal about not wanting to come off the bench. I know he's basically been that for most or the entirety of his career. I think the locker room could actually be a problem for this team. Do you see something like that happening, Cody? I don't necessarily think that the locker room will be a problem for this team. I just think that they need to – I don't know. They're they're a good team. Like, it's small sample size. The Jamal Murray thing, like, I do think Jamal Murray is good. Like, I think, you know, like, for the most part, these games are basically kind of being played in pretty good conditions. You know, they, they do have the travel this year, but they've kind of minimized some of that with the way they're doing the schedule and things like that. And I think – I just think like as teams kind of get back in the rhythm of playing basketball, like you're going to see some of these guys that were really good in the bubble or I think are going to continue to be really good because they're basically playing an empty gym still. Um, so I think that'll definitely be a. So you're not worried about the chemistry of the team at all with Michael Porter. You don't think the Denver that Denver is going to need to make a move to not only solidify the bench or maybe just, um, have peace within their team Uh, because we know like the Clippers, the Clippers obviously had such a rough locker room situation and no one was just in it together. And this Denver team has had this kind of, you know, fun. They were really together team. And Michael Porter Jr. has kind of been this like divisive player. It feels like for his two years now, and now he's starting Mm -hmm. That's why I kind of wondered if there was a potential issue that could pull this Nugget teams apart. Is it internal? I mean, it could be. Michael Porter has said some really interesting things out there, you know, in the uh, in the in the Twitter press, sphere, in the Twitter sphere, <laughs> and you know, at post game press conferences and stuff like that. So I mean, potentially, but I think I also think like 
Denver's kind of – it's one of those things where, like, with that kind of stuff, do you trade the guy that's really good at basketball just to get him out of there, a la, like, the Lakers with D'Angelo Russell? Or, like – and then you have basically nothing to show for it? Or, you know, do you hang on to that guy because he is really good at basketball and just kind of tell everybody to try to figure it out? Mm. Isn't that – that's and that's kind of the coach's job, right, to get everybody to gel and mesh on the team? Right. Figure out what makes everybody, you know, kind of tick and get them all together. And, you know, Phil Jackson had Kobe Bryant and Shaq, who ultimately were not huge fans of each other. I'm sure that locker room was a lot of fun to uh, be a part of at times, but Phil Jackson still won three titles with them. Fair point. But do you think the Nuggets are that kind of level of team? Well, I don't, think they have, level team? <laughs> I don't think they have that level of talent on the team. They don't have Shaq and Kobe, but I just like, in terms of just in terms of like, you know, you have guys that are good at basketball on a team together. Like it's a coach's job to get them to, you know, mm. come together and play basketball like a team. Gotcha. So got, Daniel, uh, your thoughts on this. Yes. Yeah, so uh, kind of looking at their roster and how, who they're starting and kind of different things. Um, I, my suggestion to this team would be to start Will Barton alongside of Murray Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. Mm, that so take leaves, out Gary Harris. Well, that leaves one spot. I think that you can easily go big or go small, and you have that choice. Why not give yourself a choice to go either big or small, depending on who you're playing against? Such as you know, I don't know. Let's say Houston Rockets, and they're they're smaller. So why not run Gary Harris out there and and bring Paul Millsap off the bench? Paul Millsap is a 35 year old guy. Do you really need to be riding him as your starter alongside of Michael Porter Jr., who's doing the exact same thing but better? And then you already have Jokic, who's who's just as good on in rebounding and probably three times better at rebounding, just looking at the stats so far. So rebounding is not an issue. So why do you have Paul Millsap out there to guard the center position because uh, Jokic can't? I think that in the end, you, you run Millsap off the bench uh, more than likely and put him with some younger people, let them gel together. So you almost have an older player uh, playing around younger players. And so that maybe that dynamic is actually uh, more consistent and a solid uh, dynamic than playing a bunch of young cats coming off the bench. Um, And so that should allow you, whether it's Millsap or Harris, to have your four best players starting and then rotate and adjust and depending on the matchups. And so that's what I would do if I was the coach. I, I think you make a great point because I was going to ask about Mike Malone. Look, I really like Mike Malone as a coach, but he does seem to have a blind spot when it comes to like, uh, it reminds me of when the young thunder Scott Brooks um, would always have to have a defensive minded wing who couldn't play offense surrounding Russ because it helped, you know, save Russ on defense. And that was always the wrong choice. The better choice was to, if you put another offensive player there who can spread the floor and is dynamic on offense, then who cares what your defense does? Cause you're going to outscore everyone. Right. And this is Mike Malone's blind spot to me. He's so focused on the defense side of it that he has a 20 point score currently in Michael Porter jr. That he will pull if the kid makes defensive mistakes. And he plays lineups with Gary Harris and Paul Millsap to start, 
no wonder they start slow. Like, yeah. I like Paul Millsap, but like you said, he's 35. He's just not giving it to you anymore. Gary Harris has been falling off a cliff, has gotten worse every season since his injury. How about we just play people that maybe aren't the best team defenders? How about you just get people on the floor that can score and spread it for Jokic, who is a world-class passer and will find cutters and shooters on his own, and Jamal Murray, who just needs the space to operate. So it kind of leads me into a question for you, Daniel, is, is Mike Malone very sneaky? They're in the dark horse slot in our playoffs uh, tier ranking. Is he a dark horse to be fired? Yes. Would you want a more offensive-minded player in there around Jokic? Is that truly the problem? Or with that blind spot being that he has to have some like multiple defenders out there at one time? Yeah, so I, I don't know. If it was me, I would hire a coach that was more offensive-minded. And, you know, just looking at this and their lineup, I know they want, you know, somebody who's a little bit better at defense, you know, Gary Harris over Will Barton. But – if you put someone that's a little bit better offensively in this starting lineup and move somebody who is Gary Harris on the bench who hasn't played well, he then is the only shooting guard that comes off the bench. The only shooting guard, literally the only shooting guard right now is Will Barton and Will Barton has played well with the offense, uh, with the starting, the starters. So maybe move Gary Harris back to the bench and let him be their only shooting guard, mainly the main source of offense. And maybe he flourishes in that. Plus, if he's better defensively, they're literally negative whatever. You can go up to probably negative 10 most nights on their second unit. And maybe that actually holds back um, and that negative uh, number. So maybe as a unit, they would be a negative five instead of a negative 10. So then that, that difference when the starters come back in, either they haven't lost the lead completely or it gets them in the better spot to get start ramping up again. So I just think that would potentially make them a better team. Um, and so that's what I would do. They have literally so many big players um, on this team. I, I don't know who constructed it. And then you have a, too many point guards. Uh, I don't. I don't know what they're doing. I, I don't like the. I don't like this team honestly. When you look at their <laughs> positions and how they play well, play off each other, they have a a, a huge starting lineup. And then when you bring it off the bench, you bring in uh, two point guards, three point guards. Stupid. I don't get it. Cody, this is my favorite stat before we move on to the Vegas over-under and then move on to our final team. My favorite stat so far through four games, Jokic is averaging almost 14 assists per game, and their offense has been awful. So if Jokic can sustain this kind of numbers, I think he's averaging about 24, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 14 assists. Is he a, an MVP candidate? I think it depends on how well their team does. But if they're like, you know, a one or two seed and, you know, chasing a one or two seed or even a three seed in the West, then I think that probably, yeah, he could be. I cannot, re- I cannot remember. I cannot remember the last time an actual center won the MVP. But to me, this is my dark horse MVP candidate. If he has a year like this and consistency, and that's a great point, like you said about the team, they're a one and two seed in the West, especially a one seed. 
Jokic to me has to be the MVP if he's averaging these kind of numbers and can drag this team to a one seed. I 100% think that Jokic is going to be an MVP, the MVP of this league. Daniel, is that crazy? No, just because um, he's not really a center, he is, but he plays like a stretch four. And so I would say that, you know, with the numbers that he's able to put up and how good they could actually be just record wise, I, I think that is easy because Anthony Davis hasn't looked great and potentially he, he um, could not be awesome. Um, he could just be consistent and be okay. Um, so I could think that for sure that him putting up those nu- type of numbers would be really good. Their Vegas number, 44 and a half. Smash or pass, Cody? 44 and a half, you said? Yep. Smash. Smash. Daniel, agree. I agree. Smash. 45. Uh, we are in unison. We all said smash. I think they're 45 wins, Jokic and Murray by themselves. <laughs> they get any help from the uh other players then i think they will be close to a 50 win team so leading to our last team the number seven team on our list i did not tell you i was going to add this team to the dark horse so this is just a uh this is going to be a surprise so feel free to react however uh is appropriate to you um I was I was promised myself not to overreact to the first couple games of the season, but I could not help myself with this team because they have the same issue that I um, said was going to be a problem for them last year and turned out to be very true, and that was a point guard creator and spacer and slasher. So the number seven team in our list as a dark horse is the Los Angeles Clippers. You're drunk. <laughs> I was right. I was right. That doesn't make this. They don't make his decision right. Why I you move? Right. Why you move them out of the title contender? I don't know. So, uh, spoiler alert for next episode: we get into the actual title title contenders. I do not think the Clippers. We had I had them originally as a title contender, or we did. We voted as them as an actual title contender because they are. I actually don't think that – do you honestly believe that they're going to beat the Lakers? Why couldn't they, and why do they need to? They don't have uh, to beat the Lakers. Lakers they have to beat the Lakers. Else. Who are the Lakers going to lose to? I just I just have to Anybody, say this real like, quick. If the crux of your argument is they don't have to beat the Lakers, then you have already lost the argument by saying that somebody <laughs> else could beat the Lakers. Like, maybe it's somebody else's problem. Like, that's like being like – like if there's a fire in your house and being like, well, maybe the house, what what if it was the neighbor's house on fire instead of ours? And that being the solution for it. <laughs> no, I'm saying like they can easily beat the Lakers. Um, easily. They showed it the the first game of the season. They've already shown it. Okay. Okay. And Ring so night. This, we're not talking about last year. Small sample size. First game of the year. This so is why, this so is why the can't I say so? Why, so. It's a small sample size, but I can't use it. Okay. Okay. So you're going to use it because I'm not using it. So you're not, I know you're using it. I never, I've never believed in the Clippers. I just said that. I say it. So now you're saying (laughs) they can't beat them. So I say that's actually false. And so I think they can beat them. And you know what? And my argument is true. They don't have to beat them. 
Okay, they can easily lose. So why why would they not be? They can beat any team in the West, any team. And so what happens if the Suns knock off the Lakers and just kind of crazy? What? How can how can the Clipper, how can the Clippers not beat the Suns? <laughs> Dude, you smoke rocks. Like just what? saying, that's the truth. What, what, what did, did they give you something at your appointment today? Yeah. <laughs> A sucker. <laughs> that was good. That I'm was glad good. I did this because I'm glad I did this because this is the reaction I was looking for. I uh, <laughs> I am not overreacting to their blowout without Kawhi because Kawhi by himself is good enough to put them in the Western Conference Finals. Okay, they're the reason one. The reason I have them in here is because they did not address their point guard issue. And that is what killed them last year. That's what's going to kill them this year. And I cannot take them seriously as a title contender. So I don't know if they plan on making a move. This is what I was going to ask you guys. Is is there a trade out there for Lou Williams that brings in a dynamic point guard? I don't know who that point guard would possibly be. Uh, But Reggie Jackson is not doing it. Patrick Beverly is not going to do it. They're starting freaking Nicholas Batum, who looks like a corpse. <laughs> and, they're, and they're playing Terrence Mann because they have nothing else. I mean, I really like the addition of Ibaka and losing Montrez Harrell. Mm-hmm. I like Montrez. He's fine. I like the upgrade of Ibaka at that position for him. But there's a reason why Nick Nurse wasn't playing Ibaka huge minutes in the playoffs. So... I don't know what that reason is exactly. I know from in the past, from watching the Thunder for most of Ibaka's career, that he was so wildly inconsistent that maybe that might be the issue that Nick Nurse had. Uh, But getting Ibaka by himself, they addressed the wrong position to me, and they needed to address the point guard. And Luke Kennard is not the solution. And so this is why they have dropped out of my title our title contenders to dark horses because yes do i think they'll make the western conference finals more than likely i would say so i would say last year's 3-1 loss or giving up a 3-1 lead to the nuggets was a fluke because it was in the bubble you know no home court advantage which who knows if home court is actually an advantage this year if there's no fans but I think it was a fluke and they should have at least been the Western conference finals. But do I actually believe that they could beat the Lakers and make the NBA finals? No. And I, I just, I just don't, I don't believe that at all. And I, I think there's multiple other teams that are more likely to beat the Clippers in the playoffs than for the Lakers to lose to another team. And that's, that's who I feel about. Nuggets could beat them. Did it last year. Okay, Nuggets could beat the Lakers. I agree. <laughs> Didn't do that last year. That's okay. <laughs> we're, not, we're talking about last year or this year? I, I was confused for a second. Well, we're talking about you, this year. Anything's possible. The Bulls could win the finals. It's not probable. <laughs> the Blazers could beat the Clippers. Could the Lakers. I agree. The Mavericks could beat the Clippers. Beat the Lakers. I agree. <laughs> Even the freaking Utah Jazz could beat the Lakers. Could knock off the, the, the Clippers. So your whole argument is basically that the Lakers could be beaten. I think that both of these teams can be beaten. 
the Clippers the, are a play, I, are a title contender because the Lakers could possibly lose to someone else. The Clippers I, can beat the Lakers. Anthony Davis I, isn't that great. He's, he's I'm good. With, uh, I'm with Cody on this argument. I'm sorry. If your argument is that the Lakers could lose. That's not my argument. That's, that's, that's what you That was the whole, whole foundation. <laughs> that was not. I said they don't necessarily have to beat them. Your house your just only, fell in a sinkhole. Your only argument <laughs> is that the Lakers can't be beaten by the Clippers. That's, that's your only, my argument, only argument, right? My that's only your argument, argument is that the Clippers are not that great. Do you, think the Clippers, do you think so, the Clippers can beat every team in the West? Who the seven game series? Absolutely not. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Ask you a question. In the matchup of two top players, Anthony Davis, LeBron James versus Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Okay. You believe in Paul George? Nope. I believe Paul George can be good enough. Yeah. He's shown it this year so far. (laughs) Danny going out on a limb for the Clippers. I like it. I like he, it. Cody Cody had to take his headset off. He's in such disarray and disbelief. Because he knows I'm true. Paul George. <laughs> you are not true. Paul George, Paul George can get hot and Ooh, play well. Wash. He's shown it in the past. Never in the, playoffs, in the past, though. Y'all think. That's okay. Y'all think that, oh, my God, the bubble Paul, he's back. Pandemic not P. bubble Paul. Just like playoff but the last three <laughs> years of playoffs he's been absolute ass i think that abaka and zubak can easily frustrate anthony davis I, I think that's possible because what you do is you make anthony davis stay out like he wants to already stay outside on the perimeter and shoot if he's making the shots great they're going to be good they're hard to be beat but lebron's getting older right who knows if he consistently Keeps putting up these numbers. I believe he can because he's very good. But that could happen. I think that Kawhi and LeBron can easily match up one-on-one. I I don't see that being an issue. And I think that Abaka and uh, Zubak can easily frustrate Anthony Davis and hold him in check enough. But then you also have Paul George who can play and shoot and, and put up 30 and 40 points if he plays well and gets hot but I don't know if he even has to do that. I think this team is consistently good enough to be a title contender, and I believe that this year you will see them win the championship. The only – it's not even an X factor because he's the best player on the team, but Kawhi, to me, has looked like he's in a different mode. Like he has taken what happened in the bubble to him very seriously – Right. And he has seemed to come out with that with a mission. Like he looks like dominant. Like he just does. He's getting to his spots. He's dominating from those. Nobody can stop him from getting there. And he's just tearing teams apart. Unfortunately, he just got hit in that mouth, uh, hit in the mouth during that game and got out. I don't know how long he'll be out, but that's the caveat is if you have Kawhi that's like this for an entire season, there they are kind of the, this is why I decided to put them a dark horse. They're the wild card of the playoffs to me because Kawhi can do it by himself. We've seen it before. And the problem is, is Paul George for me. This is year five or six now of evidence that Paul George, if he even gets into that crucial situation, he does not come through. 
And he's going to have to if they're going to knock off the Lakers or even make the Western Conference Finals. And I just don't believe in him anymore. I think he's a great player. I just do not believe in Paul George to come through when it matters. And that's why I do not have them as an actual title contender. Hmm. Cody, Mm -hmm. any final thoughts before we talk about the Vegas over-under for them? No, I think you are. You got that one. Imagine that. Imagine <laughs> that. I said it at the beginning of the segment. He said it at the end. I, I just don't have anything else to addr- address. Vegas, 45 and a half wins. I will say, I think the Clippers, I, I'll, I'll start with this. This is a definite smash. I think the Clippers are going to be awesome in the regular season. But when mm-hmm. it matters in the playoffs, I don't trust them to come through. I smashed 45 and a half. What say you, Daniel? Smash. Paul George, 46, easy. Uh, Pass. Pass? Oh, so you don't think they win 46 games? You don't know. Wow. Just guessing, right? We're towards the end. This is a guess. Small sample size. I can't really really (laughs) say much from it at all. So. I like it. Uh, So let's wrap up here. That was our Dark Horses section. Obviously, we will be back soon with the actual title contenders. Obviously, if you have been paying attention um, at all, it's going to be a lot of Eastern Conference teams. Uh, So tune in to see where we have each conference team, Eastern Conference team ranked. And obviously, there's one Western Conference team. But we are down to the final six here, six or seven. And... The East is more wide open. So this is what happens with the ranking. You get act a lot more title contenders in the East because they actually have a shot in the West. At least two of us agree is uh, pretty sewed up already. So uh, come back for the next episode to hear the finale here. Uh, Cody, do you have anything to plug before we go? I do not. Just so you know, like, share, rate, review, you know, tell your friends. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, tell other people we are at Free Basketball 3. Danny Greer, anything to plug? In I the feel words, like you've got a lot going oh, on. Oh, I have so much. I'm ready to – I'm going to hit you with some uh, spiritual awakeness real quick. At the words <laughs> of the great John ja Morant, he says, be patient. Sometimes you have to go through the worst to get to the best. And in those mm-hmm. words, I give you Paul George. So I thought I you were think- going to say that's why I'm going last. <laughs> no, I uh, that's why I think Paul George had to be patient, but uh, yeah, a lot of cool things going. Um, I just started uh, the free basketball Grizzlies edition uh, Sunday, and so we have um, it was by myself, which is so bad. I hate doing stuff by myself, but it was just <laughs> tough to kind of uh, keep myself on track. Uh, I have two new cats at the house, two kittens, and they literally would run in the room and just go crazy for like two, three minutes. I'm like, what is going on? So, uh, but yeah, check out that every, every Monday it will come out. Um, and so we're going to have everybody on there. I'm going to lead it, which is different than this show. Uh, I'm going to lead it. It'll be a weekly show. So it's going to be a a week one, which we just did week two, pretty much. We're going to preview, uh, the week that is upcoming, but also review the week that was, um, this week, I do believe I'm going to get somebody from the Lakers. Uh, he was part of the lead sports media, uh, Sandeep Chandok. And so he's going to come on there with me as of now. Uh, things could change, but uh, we'll definitely have Cody and Ryan um, probably by themselves on or together, depending on how everything goes. 
uh, just to kind of bring new life into it. So uh, I think it'll be a different style of show. It'll be less of me and Cody yelling at each other, which I kind of love the most personally. So, so that's <laughs> it is really, it is really fun. It's all it's so that's, much fun. It is. That's that's, that's why we'll be, that's why we'll be on because you can't like the people need that. For and sure. what's fun about that is me and Daniel actually do like each other quite a bit. We <laughs> just <laughs> tell them you're letting just out talk my shit all the time. <laughs> we don't. We hate each other. Uh, yeah, exactly. But also next Thursday. Uh, January 7th will be our first live uh, free basketball episode. So be tuning into that. Yeah. That is on the Locker Room app. Um, check that out. Obviously, if you have an iPhone, you are the only ones who can download the app. <laughs> so sorry if you're an Android person like me. Borrow your wife's phone or husband's phone, vice versa, whichever. Um Get someone with an iOS uh, operating system and join us for the locker room next Thursday at seven o'clock. Right, Danny? That's correct. Seven o'clock central. Seven o'clock central. So tune into the locker room. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure it'll be explosive. Um, we might even offend a few people in the live because it will be live. So um, this might not last long. Who knows? Maybe we'll get kicked <laughs> off the platform. Uh, but I think it'll be a lot of fun. So look forward to that. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Guys, I will see you soon to talk about our final six, and I'm sure Daniel will send us a bunch of pissed-off texts afterwards about the Clippers. So thanks for tuning in. Check us out next time. Go, Paul George. <laughs> oh, Jesus.